Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You can still claim your free audiobook when you sign up to a free one-month trial of the Audible service when you go to audible.co.uk slash footballramble. You might choose Pete's favourite audiobook, Bright Lights, Big City by Jay McEnany, or you might choose Luke's favourite audiobook, Digital Fortress by Dan Brown, or one of nearly 60,000 titles. Go and claim your free audiobook at audible.co.uk slash footballramble now. Get everyone you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Football Ramble. My name's Marcus and I've got Jim with me. Hello. Pete. Howdy. And Luke. All right. A full four ramblers. <laughs> a compliment, um, Once again. <laughs> I preferred it when, Jim, uh, when Pete was doing the Japanese intros. The, uh, there was Japanese hellos and stuff. Um, okay. uh, Konnichiwa. Uh, uh, that means too, too much or too big. <laughs> <laughs> Referring to Luke, of course. Um, right. Uh, Edgar David has gone to Barnet. Mm. So if you could have an ex-pro join your club with the possibility of them dusting off their boots. Let's just uh, take a moment to uh, really uh, g- get involved with that. Edgar Davis has gone to Barnet. I'm not comfortable <laughs> with you just d- glossing over that. <laughs> yeah. Edgar Davis has gone to Barnet. I, li- I like it though. It's, it's nice that he's not went, right, I'm going Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> he's I actually gone the to the option. Yeah. 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 Um, For one thing. But it, when you say Edgar Davis has gone to Barnet... It, it, it almost sounds like gone to Barney is like a sort of saying for people who've got ridiculous hair and it's sort of been put out to pasture. Almost. Yeah, it gone to Coventry. Too old for it now. It's, it's, it's gone to Barney. <laughs> so we yeah. it's too old for that hair. Clever. <laughs> Who would you choose? What? Well, the question. Uh, if you could have an ex-pro join your club with the possibility of them dusting off their boots, who would you choose, Jim? I would go for uh, Roger Miller. Purely yeah, because oh, he's so even old though he's so old, but he always has I know been. how old he is, but I can't. No, you don't. I, can't <laughs> get, well, I, don't I, know, I know he's very old. I can't get it out of my head that he might still be able to do a job. Yeah, you know, just that's what I think of eternally when I think of Roger Miller. He, he, reti- he retired in the, after the 1950 World <laughs> Cup. <laughs> and was brought he, back for 90 and 94 he would vomit arthritis all over the other players <laughs> he would and if anything that would distract them <laughs> uh, that's not a special move I don't know what it is <laughs> okay. Roger, uh, can you use his proper name as Barry Davis would as well Roger Mia Roger Mia of course <laughs> Roger Mia <Meir. laughs> yeah. Ma Roger Mia Gold Frankincense Ma uh, Peter uh, I would go for um, ex Middlesbrough Scotland legend Mr Bernie Slaven right because <laughs> nice. I once because uh, uh, when uh, I think I've possibly told this uh, story in the round before but like um, when Comcast the only cable network worth talking about in the 1990s came to mm. uh, the North East they used to have Borough TV and it was uh, when Middlesbrough in the Premier League and Bernie Slaven used to run like a Saturday morning kind of um, coaching session with a lot of kids and he used to just pick on the fat kids and it was brilliant He'd <laughs> that's just not be like, brilliant that's outrageous <laughs> it was terrible he would just no but you know for, for players that were getting a little bit you know Pulky. heavy around the stomach 
Yeah. Your Roonies of this one. <laughs> he'd, he'd sort them right out. But he used to just, like, you know, what come on, fa- like on the television, Bernie Slavin. <laughs> you know, in the 90s, going, he- come on, fat, are you getting go? <laughs> sort them <laughs> right out. He used to sort them right out, apparently, by calling them fat. Outrageous. Yeah. He would take care of their emotional side. Yeah. Was he the one who said, if Borough win at Manchester United, he'll get his arse out in the shop window, is that? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. He's not a classy dude. He's not no, a classy no, dude. That was so. when football was amazing. So, <laughs> football went mad. Yeah. So why do you want him at your team again? Because he motivate with bullying. Sort out the fat. <laughs> sort out the fat. Well, you get Grove Sooners back. Would you like, yeah. to, would you like, to, like, would you like Newcastle United's new slogan to be that? Motivation through bullying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's basically Wongas, to be fair. You <laughs> yeah. some slaving, dude. You're going to give us your money back. You're going to give us our money back. You're going to give us our money back. Will you stop hating yourself? <laughs> yeah. Newcastle, actually, they did... Um, uh, a friend of mine, was it my cousin, was watching them train once, and he said that was like one of their things when they had the ball... They'd be doing a certain drill, and if someone messed up, they'd then have to just get ridiculed by everyone. I think this was the Keegan era, and that was one of the you know the Terrans. Keegan actually. always got them ridiculed. <laughs> yeah. um, there's there's talk of that. Isn't didn't um, didn't they also under Bobby Robson at Newcastle United? If they had the worst performer at training, you used to have to wear this Brazil shirt, like ironically. Okay, <laughs> and, right. and it was never washed. That was the, that was the point. Oh, okay. They, they had le- leopard skin uh, leopard skin uh, tra- tracks of bottoms as well. I think. And my friend Piercy, who played for Cardiff Uni. Um, Sort of donkey of the day or whatever mm. used to have to wear this shell suit yep. all the way back home and even and it, that, that was also never washed oh, banter yeah, yeah. yeah example yeah. of textbook football team banter there <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> lovely banter lovely banter yeah. uh, Luke I'm going to go for because I, I interpreted this question as sort Properly. of could he, yeah could he still do a job yeah, yeah, yeah. And is he, who do I need around who do Portsmouth need at the moment okay so I went for Roy Keane yeah yeah it's, I think that we've got a lot of players on short term contracts don't really know whether they're coming or going although they are performing quite well at the moment but I just think we can get him in there he'd still be decent nah his knee's going to give out do you not think he'd still be de- at league one level Jim yeah I think like, he doesn't have to move he doesn't have to do any level, moving I'm sure he yeah, would he's I a think, furious, I, I furious think people man. he likes the competition they'd just be scared to tackle him I think when scared you scared to go near him that's a big assumption I think when you just oh he's old but I thought when you just said something his knees might give out his ears literally pricked up then he heard someone saying it yeah well. so I think on, for that sort of notion alone he's exactly the sort of person I want around there with a beard preferably yeah, yeah. I, I was going to go for Romario um, because he already made up how many goals he scored but he's a congressman now mm-hmm. so he would be making up results yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, even, in fact he wouldn't even turn up and yet his name would be on the score sheet give can himself he, a statement. he make up laws now as a congressman yeah, can he do that I think so yeah I'm sure he's probably doing stuff that's illegal and then saying no I made up a law now it's yeah. in my contract that <laughs> I can make up laws exactly <laughs> and I'm applying it retrospectively <laughs> either him or Dimitri Albertini well you got to make a decision um, I, right. go, I go Albertini yeah I just miss him yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, who's just, to a certain extent the yeah. answer to every football question <laughs> is in a way Dimitri Albertini <laughs> I think so yeah, yeah. Uh, I only shouted out the name of uh, the, the, the object of our game a little bit later on then because you? you said I miss Albertini, I think I miss this player. So yeah, yeah. Oh, a little yeah, bit yeah. of a, a time burp. From oh, <laughs> meta, <laughs> meta ramble. Oh, and uh, Luke's got the points. Right, hey. yeah, well well Luke. Let's just zoom on to the internationals. Zoom. Yeah. England hammered San Marino five 0 What a win! At the time of recording, of course, the Tuesday games haven't been played. 
but the Friday ones were no, no time burps on those <laughs> not at all do a time burp what's the score going to be against Poland um, I thought it was a great win <laughs> I thought it was a great result for uh, for those who were on the end of it and, I sometimes uh, think that the four of us are the only people in the whole world who still care about international football but we, but, we, but we care about it enough to make up for everyone else do you think? Yeah, big time. I oh, know. I think I think you've been. I love international football. You've been cruel, especially to the tabloids. Yeah, they take a keen interest in Ryan Bertrand's tweets and whatnot. <laughs> um, England five, San Marino nil. What can we say about that, Jim? Well, it was basically as everybody expected. It was essentially a training game, wasn't it? And I think for me, in, if I was going into that game as Roy Hodgson, I'd firstly be confused and surprised. Um, <laughs> but so. once I sort of got my head around it and thought, okay, th- there is this weird quantum leap situation going on. I'm just going to have to deal with it. Um, I think. <laughs> I think I would have sort of said to the players, and maybe Hodgson did say this, in a game like this, surely this is, this is where you sort of learn to be ruthless. You know, you're going to get chances, just try and stick them away, stick yeah. away as many as you possibly can. Because England did seem a little bit wasteful at times, even at San Marino, which is really, really disencouraging. The keeper was a weapon, though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go near him, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, might Walcott die. stood up since. <laughs> yeah. He's probably got a bruised lung. I, I didn't even know you could bu- have that. That keeper has bypassed the ribcage. I really yeah. cannot emphasise that enough. <laughs> <laughs> there were, there were, I was, I was going to say that just two points about this game England had 84% possession mm. people rave when Barcelona do that <laughs> yeah I, do you yeah. know what actually funny you say that because I remember thinking at the end of the game I thought I bet we only had about 65% possession <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was nice to see Oxford chamberlain play again because yeah. Podolski's kind of squeezed him out uh, for his club side mm. and I think it's nice to I think he started as many um, World Cup qualifiers than he has um, Premier League games this, uh, this season he's being used more and more the Oxford I think that will work uh, mm. That will come, but I mean, that's not to criticise England. What we're saying earlier is all in terms of like being ruthless and stuff. Because it was a perfectly functional performance. They got the result they needed, racked up some goals. Um, but you do, it's just there's so little to take from games like that. You know, there's such yeah. a huge gulf in quality, and at Wembley as well. I think I think it's it's such a different game to any game you'll play because San Marino just stick 11 men behind the ball mm. it's not a case of you go away to Moldova you, they're going to be it's like England Italy in the Euros when England go to Moldova and, and, and one or two of the other smaller nations and so on and so forth England you do have to break them down you do have to but, they, but Moldova will try and play a little bit They'll have them, but you know they might even have the odd shot, a chance. You know they're not rubbish. Basically, they've got a draw. Great, but with San Marino, it is almost like um, you know some kind of computer game thing where you put in so many defenders there and you just try and attack them because you know they're not going to have a go at your goal. It's mm. it, it is a pointless game. It's not. But it's nice to exercise you, though. Yeah, well, it is in a, yeah, but it's what I'm saying is as an England player or as a Hodgson, you don't you don't come up. Against teams like that, at any other point, yeah. that put eleven men behind the ball and to try and break that, it's just a weird. The players must think this is a very strange game. This isn't football anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've, got, you've got the San Marino at, at the far end of this game. You've got the San Marino team turning up, <coughs> being really overwhelmed, like having fo- taking photos of the stadium. Mm. I mean, even in the in sort they of they can't the, still be doing that though. They were, they were, they were doing that, and, and even in the aftermath, not doing it now. Before, before, <laughs> in, in the aftermath of the defeat, the manager even said, "Oh, well, this has been an amazing occasion for us. We'll, we'll carry this in our hearts always and stuff." Mm. And it's almost like they are almost like tourists. Yeah. And so, I mean, without opening the can of worms, it's a whole pre-qualifying debate, which I think should should probably happen. Mm. On England's side, I think the first half, half hour, 45 minutes even, I know they scored after half an hour, but the tempo is really slow. They're knowing they're quick enough. They didn't, yeah. didn't drag Sam Marino. We knew Sam Marino were tired, but they didn't drag him around enough, didn't didn't play at a high enough tempo. Are they not doing that to preserve some energy for well, Poland? This, this is it. You know? Possibly, but I mean, I know you made a few changes for that reason. That's, that's a fair point. But, but this is it, though. Even if um, 
Uh, if you can't if you can't maintain any sort of tempo, I mean these players are used to playing games every three or four days mm. at certain parts of the season. So if you can't maintain some sort of tempo when you've got the ball eighty four percent of the time against San Marino, and I don't really accept that as an excuse validly, really. But this, but this is it. But though. I'm not sure if you know maintaining a high, if it was ever the plan to maintain a high tempo. Maybe not. I mean, I mean, it, what's the point in them doing that, really? Maybe not. But in the, in the in the well, the point of them doing that is it makes it easier for them to break them down because they drag them over position all the time. It's sort of the same way sort of Barcelona do it against teams. They pull them all over the place, yeah. and then the teams get even more tired because they've not got the ball, and they also don't, they can't adapt and readjust quick enough. But in a game, these like are this, amateur players, effectively. Yeah, no, but for that reason as well, surely in a game like this, England know they're going to get the chances, know they're going to put them away, so probably. Probably don't want to expend as much energy. Yeah, possibly. As otherwise, would possibly. Yeah, you don't want any bruised lungs. <laughs> but, <laughs> nice. the, uh, but the overall, the overall sort of from England's point of view, England don't learn anything about against those sort of teams exactly. anyway. Even the teams that are slightly really. better, because England only really come unstuck mm. against teams that are much better than them. That's right. They can't find a way to get any sort of result against. Nice. Sorry. Uh, nice to see um, a lot of bums on seats, though. Not yeah, that was, and the yeah. crowd were very enthusiastic throughout as well, which was yeah. nice. Um, there was a moment where the San Marino striker, I don't know his name and will never need to learn it, um, <laughs> broke through and just looked like he was going to collapse. Just just, yeah. had, <laughs> just so little lung capacity, let's just, just over it. It was just like, wow, this uh, d- 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 really is a world of difference here. You'd have a shot from kickoff, wouldn't you? Yeah, you San Marino. I don't know why they don't do that. Did, didn't the FA um, reduce prices as well? They so must have done yeah, that. I think they offered uh, people who had worked at the games as well. Oh, okay, um, right. Tickets That's a nice touch. Time. That nice. person in the stadium got a place on the bench, I believe, as well. <laughs> sort of, uh, lottery style system. But, but Walcott was a uh, was a massive injury. He got hit so hard. Yeah, that's a shame for him. He's been coming to as well. Yeah, because Walcott got to the ball first, didn't he, and then just kicked the ball into the keeper. Hodgson was going mad. Or so he should do. Mm. How long is he uh, going to be out for? Ooh. I have missed that. No, it's. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, certainly out of the Poland game. Well, but Dr. Campbell's opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it does put yeah. the. Um, Ten I mean, minutes of medical school. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got to show for it. Because Mol- Moldova drew with Ukraine 0 0 in Moldova. Mm. It was a very handy result for England. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Ukraine had chances and looked like they scored a pretty decent goal, which was chalked off. But uh, it does put the, the Moldova game in perspective a little bit for England. You know, 5 0 away from home is good in any man's mm. money, mm. But, uh, but especially there. So well done, England, for that yeah, one. Yeah, Ukraine haven't had a home game yet. I don't think. No, uh, they're at home to. Um, I'm at home to Montenegro next. Right, yeah, be, I think so. Yeah, yeah it'll be a tricky one. What did you reckon uh, to Patrick Vieira's comments, who said recently that young English players don't seem to be as passionate as they might be when it comes to playing for England? He said, "When I grew up in France, I wanted to play for the French national team. That was my target, my dream. And I don't feel like in England, the young players are dreaming of playing for the national team anymore." It's hard to have an opinion on an opinion, isn't it? <laughs> the, the flippant point earlier about how you know doesn't do many people really care about international football anymore is 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 almost sort valid. of yeah, it's almost borne out by the fact that if you can, a lot of top players are, are not only pulling out squads regularly. I don't know the stats um, for for other nations, but certainly in this country they pull out squads fairly regularly, mm. uh, and also that they 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 say they don't. Uh, players here and abroad so they don't necessarily want to be um, included for, 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 for international selection anymore I mean like you know someone like Ben Foster you know who's piped up and mm. said he doesn't want to be part of the England team anymore yeah, but I think someone like he's ben legitimately solid second choice yeah. you know he's only going to be a, a Joe Hart injury away from playing for England yeah but he mm. knows that he has to I mean I think it's a poor decision as well but he knows that he's never really going to play and so he's going to go here there and everywhere but then no, I don't think he does know that. I think that's a ridiculous assumption on his part. I think he's got. No, to I don't think make so. himself. He knows he's not number one. Yeah, but Joe Hart could could easily get injured. Could happen to anybody. But Marcus, you can't. You can't. I wouldn't go say Ben Foster's a dead cert for number two. But surely, but surely the uh, well, he, well, he's playing. 
Look, it's, there's an argument to be made that he could be a solid number two for England, given what the other goalkeepers around English goalkeepers are doing, i.e. not a lot. Yeah. Like, so for now, let's assume that he is second choice. Joe Hart pulls a hamstring tomorrow. Yeah, but his decision wasn't the other day. His decision was, what, a couple of years ago. You look at the 2010 World Cup, there was Rob Green, David James and... Uh yeah, Rob Green's, Rob Green's Green in the absolute Joe doldrums. Hart and Joe Hart. Yeah, Rob Green's in the absolute doldrums. No, he now. is now, but a couple of years ago, or however long ago, when Ben Foster made the decision, it wasn't a dead cert. So Ben yeah, Foster could have. What I'm saying is that these things change very quickly. <laughs> yeah, so he so didn't realise the future actually exists. Well, no, but he, no, but he thinks to himself, I'm not number one, and realistically. Well, that's pretty much it. I'm not. What I, they need is. At the start of this little chat, I did say I don't agree with his decision, by the way, but I'm just trying to get into the mind of Ben Foster. Which what, we've what, all done. What they need is uh, a person who plays number two, like Steve Harper. number two. Yeah. Who would be happy to do However, or but what I was then also, going as well, sorry. Steve Harper being on the bench almost guarantees that Joe Hart won't get injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what, but what I was going to say is, uh, then you look at Pepe Reina, and he's more than happy to go along for the ride. Mm. Although he yeah. was saying recently on um, that, that Liverpool were... Uh, being like, Liverpool. Being Liverpool. Yeah. That he didn't like the travelling and the staying in the hotels and stuff. Which I couldn't see why he no, might I, not do. But, you know, he still loves going abroad with the, with the Spanish side, doesn't we're he? We're straying from the point somewhat. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, um, a guy writes for us, Alan Frost, filed a piece a while back talking about this early retirement of international players. Um, and, and some of the players he lists, I mean, I wrote them down because I knew we'd probably bring it up. I mean, you've got Stephen Pienaar, he's 30. Yeah, Ryan Giggs retired very early. Prince uh, Byrton. Yeah, Prince Byrton. How old is he? He's very young. Yeah, Sung <laughs> Park. I mean, a lot of this, cause a lot of it's travel, isn't it? A lot of it's a lot of travel involved. Well, I was about to say you've got travel, but Prince Byrton, does he really feel attached to the nation of Ghana? He should. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have declared for them. I don't yeah, know. I think his brother's still playing that. for Germany. But, yeah. but you know, but these teams, uh, these players play for um, week in week out for teams that are playing in the Champions League. There's enough travel involved in that in European yeah. competition anyway. True. Mm. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you know, because you travel quite a lot in the middle of the week doesn't then make it easier to travel when you've got your international break so surely that yeah, yeah but, it, but it's just kind of like oh I want a weekend off it's but pathetic do you think, you know? do you, do you think with England yeah, much has been made it is a bit of a bugger for some players to go and play international football because they turn up it's very difficult they get hammered by the press and, the, and, and everybody else mm-hmm. you don't get the perhaps the right result or maybe you, you qualify but not brilliantly and everyone goes mad at you and you just think I actually wouldn't you know some players might it's, think I just don't fancy yeah, doing but, this now yeah, as much look, as a fan no, no, I am and I think playing for England would be the greatest thing ever is there a feeling well, you, well you can be Jason Park and you can win week in week out with Manchester well, look, United no, and then go away with your national team sure. and get pumped all the time but so I'm talking I know which about, one I'd rather no, but do I'm talking more week. about English players though. the point well, is, it, is <laughs> the point is, is what is indicative of a wider malaise of international football versus club football mm. club football is been very aggressive in its marketing of itself and, and making the Champions League be the pinnacle of everything and even though people of our generation perhaps think that the World Cup is still the pinnacle there are plenty of players out there who are of the younger generation now who, mm. who now perceive the Champions League and club football to be more important and that is a shame but that, that's basically why this is happening isn't it? But is it perhaps in, in England though the Premier League and the FA are not entwined like they are in other countries yeah. And so that they don't happens. they don't help each other out at all, do they? No, they, they well, it happens not just with the FA. I mean, Sergio Aguero had to fly to Argentina to get his injury approved a while back. You know, these things. There are lots mm. of crazy things that happen. Well, but I tell you what, though, with, with South America, though, you can't say that they don't care there. I'm not saying that. I'm not suggesting yeah. that. But I'm just saying that's an example of how difficult it can be for a player who knows he's injured, know he's not going to play, but has to go there and get his medical certificate signed but off. But perhaps, perhaps the FA should be a little bit more um, strong in their decisions. Just sort of saying, right, if you're not going to turn up, if you're not going to turn up every time you're selected um, for the England <coughs> squad, 
um, you're not going to play again because you, you, know, you either want to play or you don't want to play you either want to be um, allowed to be selected or not it, it just seems bizarre that the FA can't just sort of go well we're not going to pick you again but they're know? cutting off at no spot of faces aren't they yeah well you know tough titties isn't it if you, 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 so, yeah. you can either have a, a malaise of the, of the national game, the, a game that Pete you're recording this show with an England shirt on that's how much I you am. care about yeah damn right and shinies is there, <laughs> is there an argument that you know that the players that are coming through now the young players they've grown up with a very very mediocre in England side mm. full of people that are just not very likable so for for us, you know, when we grew up watching England, you got all these different role models. You think, yeah, I want to be like that and guy. Gaza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and in, in a way, your lives have gone in quite a similar route. Um, <laughs> they've at least been committed to that. Yeah. But um, you know, perhaps they they don't have the. I think maybe role models are perhaps given credit as being more influential than they are generally in wider society. But you know, watching England in recent generations is not an inspiring thing. They've been. Poor. It's been uninspired. They've been, been pricks, boring. more importantly. And that, yeah, they've been twats as well. So, <laughs> mm. But it is happening overseas though, as, well, yeah. as well. That's the thing. Uh, for England, that's possibly the case, yeah. yeah. Mm. But Roy's in charge now. So yeah. The tide is yeah, turning. It's only going to get worse. The tide is turning. <laughs> uh, let's go to Group A, where it was the Battle of Wales versus Scotland. <laughs> it's a catchy title, and, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Rub of the Jungle. <laughs> and Wales. What are you calling this one? The Battle of Wales and Scotland <laughs> in, in Wales at Group A at the UEFA's. <laughs> Um, they, uh, he'll get it in a minute the Wales beat Scotland 2-1 no, Gareth Bale, Bale beat Scotland 2-1 yeah. Yeah, Gareth Bale should they just start calling them Bales yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, ooh, penalty was it was it a penalty I didn't mm, think so it's a bit cheeky to me I think you, uh, one thing I would say is just to let the listeners behind the curtain slightly you've written on the running on a contentious penalty I agree with that right yeah it was contentious I, I drew a willy on that bit of the uh, running order <laughs> so. okay. again contentious yeah. <laughs> Who gave you a running order? <laughs> um, well, Jim, the penalty? Yeah, no, I don't think it was a penalty. But um, I, there were a couple of incidents earlier that, that like, Wales might have had a penalty. So yeah. Yeah, it all evens yourself out, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it seems to be a wrong decision is still a wrong decision. Do you know what? I, 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 we've been harsh on Craig Levine a few weeks ago. We talked about how... And he's been harsh on himself. Yeah, but one thing... I, and I, his country. But one thing... Yeah, he's been very harsh on his country. One thing I would say is, though, it, I saw the pre... It the pre-match... It was. And I saw yeah. the pre-match press conference where he actually said something I found quite touching where he said... Um, yeah, I, I realise I'm going to get pelters or whatever for this because I'm the manager of the national mm. team. But he actually said quite, I, I thought, quite emotionally. Life no, is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> no, one's, no one's happier than me to be part of this job. I'm so pr- proud to be doing this job mm. and I'll do it as long as they'll let me. Yeah. And then, and then when, they, when they lost in that fashion, it's such a sickener for them, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's right. Because Wales have been in awful form. I think that's the first game they haven't lost, let alone won. And Levine was obviously pig sick about the, the second Scottish goal, which wasn't given. But uh, take nothing away from Gareth Bale's winner. Yeah, it's mm. beauty. Mm. Absolute beauty. And it it was like he he just picked up the ball and went, yeah, I think I'd rather we got three points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it really was like yeah. that. Yeah, it was a good game. To be fair, flowed quite yeah, well. Yeah. Rained and I, loads. We were like that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it was good because realistically, neither of those teams are going to qualify. Yeah, but they still got enough hope in them to really think they, there's a chance. I mean, Wales go away to Croatia next, I think, um, which will obviously be a huge ask for them. Mm. Um, but but you know it's, it's, there's always a certain amount of pride involved when it's home nations, isn't, isn't there? There are some really good players in that Welsh side. They, oh, they for should sure, be doing absolutely. Much They've had, they've had a real difficult set of circumstances, <coughs> haven't they, around, around what happened with you know, the, the tragic death of Gary, Gary Speed. And, yeah. and, and so, whilst I think Conor's not done a great job, I wouldn't be as harsh as to say that you know, I think you know, he could have done better because of the circumstances. Um, it's easy to say, oh, I should have just built on what Gary Speed built there. Well, Conor has said that they did start doing that, and things just weren't working that way. So, the, the, you know, they've had to sort of 
turn up the script and start again a little bit. And I don't think he's a very good manager, though. Well, no, that's completely reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Judging on his... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about Belgium? Much has been made about the young mm. Belgians for a couple of years now. They seem to be starting fi- to show their finally. Promise. Yeah, fulfilling. It's, but it's. I mean, there's a there's a lot of good players in there, and they're learning also, more and more about them as more of them move to the Premier League, like Benteke and Morales. Mm. Uh, there's some real depth in that any, squad. Looks any like. and Axel Witzel and Maro and Fellaini. If they yeah. play together, that is one Afro heavy midfield. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> but at, at any point in history, to win three 0 in Serbia is yeah. a brilliant result. Yeah. One thing people say about it, are they finally doing it or are they finally not? I mean, Belgium. A lot of those players are still very young. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, who scored the second, who took it exceptionally well. Eighteen, nineteen. He's a young man. You know, he's, he started. He's, I mean, Werder Bremen haven't started brilliantly, but he started very well for them, mm. um, and he took his goal superbly well. It was the, the old chestnut from what I saw. As Serbia went a goal down, pushed for an equaliser, just got picked off. Yeah. Because mm. um, I think the, the, sec, the third goal as well was sort of on the break, also. But uh, yeah, Belgium have got some but, amazing but, players. I think it's such an intriguing side, Belgium, because. They haven't come from nowhere, of course, as I say, because the last sort of couple of years or so, people have um, been talking about them. But they haven't; they just haven't been doing it, and they've not had a history. They've not had a good side for a while. They've, um, you know, since about ninety, really. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, you know, two thousand and two. You know, they they weren't too bad. I mean, knocked out by Brazil. Um, so, as I say, not from nowhere, but but suddenly they've they've got this momentum mm. and they look a great side and. They could they could qualify for the World Cup. They've got a real chance. And they could do chance. something. I mean, wouldn't it wouldn't it be incredible if they actually won the World Cup or something? Because it would be the most remarkable. I know that's a far fetched thing to say, yeah. but it would be such a remarkable story because yeah. it would feel, looking back through the history books in years to come, that it came from nowhere. If they stopped driving their cars in the shit, do you think? Yeah, yeah, that, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was an amazing sure. bit of damage. That <laughs> amazing bit of damage. Lovely bit of work. Yeah, yeah. From the World Cup to the car crash. Yeah. Oh, Kevin De Bruyne could have played for England as well. Apparently, mm, really could have declared for England. His mother uh, was born in the UK. Right, Lewis Holtby. Yes. Well, let's go to Group C, where Germany are, are beating teams by big margins. They went to <laughs> Ireland and won six-one. Marco Ruiz took them apart in the early stages after being denied a clear-cut penalty yeah. <laughs> when Dunn fouled him and then the crowd went ah. but for diving as well wasn't he? And then he yeah, I think he was yeah right I'm angry they held out for like half an hour on and all the damage was done within like a 25 minute period yeah. it was like five goals Royce in half an hour. scored a couple of yeah. quick, in quick mm. succession Shiny Kroos got um, two brilliant goals as well and Miroslav Closer did you see his finish? Yeah. The yeah, slightest yeah, yeah. angle it was absolutely ludicrous he's never going to stop doing that he's no. never going to stop that happening I'll tell you what he is going to stop doing is his somersault celebrations why? he said the somersault I think I can still do it but I honestly don't want to risk it because I want to still be around in 2014 very efficient death very by somersault making out like he's gonna, he might actually die yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying yeah. <laughs> uh, um, they got Ireland well, go to the Faroes next don't they mm. and Faroes only lost 3-0 to Germany in Germany and and they went a goal off against Sweden. Sweden and they needed yeah, big well. Zlats yeah, to them out. did you see Zlatan's pass for um, Kataniklic the Fulham mm. man beautiful pass and uh, and then he scored um, the second and winning goal. The Pharaohs, it's a tricky trip up there nowadays because um, I remember Italy went there only a couple of years ago yeah. and they were 2 0 up and the Pharaohs got one back. And then I remember Buffon having to push one around the post. And I thought, bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's. Um, I think Ireland will win, though. I mean, they've got. Um, they're going to be angry after that result, surely. I think they're scared. I think they're scared. The Pharaohs. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get a result there and that's the last job. That's the last game Trevor Tony's yeah, got. Well, it's not looking good. They had twenty five percent possession at home. Yeah, from um, against Germany. I mean, that, yeah, come on. I mean, Ireland, given that Ireland are, are known going into the Euros not that long ago yeah. of being really robust, hard to break down, they just got picked apart. 
absolutely picked up. Well, that it was any team that were also, also in the Euros alongside Germany losing six one in their own backyard is mm. is crazy. Mm. Dear oh dear. Uh, Group I: uh, Belarus zero, Spain four. You might think, well, what are you talking about? That it's a routine win for the best team in the world. But there was one of the best hat tricks of the modern era. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Shout. Pedro, yeah. mm. three dinks. Well, the third one was was a dink and a fit. You know, he almost he set himself up with a dink over the goalkeeper, didn't not, he? which is pretty special. Yeah, one once, once, twice, three times a dinky. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the most nonchalant hat tricks you'll see. Yeah, it was, was dinky tying them with yeah, them. Yeah, 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 good. It was messy esque, yeah. wasn't it? The way he kept yeah, doing it, it kept finding space. The and first stuff. goal from um, Jordi Alba was great. Yeah, yeah. Just, he did that run he does, yeah. like he did in the the Euros final as well. Mm. When he surges, you must be thinking, oh crap, he's going, he's, got, he's done it. <laughs> and, and the defender must be thinking, he's already at top speed. I've got no chance here. <laughs> no. I've got no chance. <laughs> and every time I think about him, he gets massively closer and closer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he finished his right peg as well. Open yeah. goal and all that, but he'd already done well, the hard still, work. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, there was a defender on the line, though. He still yeah. had to beat him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was in- impressive stuff. I mean, just thinking about Pedro, um, Marcus and I looked, looked him up on the way here. Yeah. I thought he was a lot younger than he is, about 25, isn't he? Yeah, he was a bit younger than that. But yeah. he worked his way up through Barcelona C, then to Barcelona B, then into the first team. And the, the work ethic there, and the, the belief, and the determination to break into that side and actually do it with such incredible effects. Yeah. It just hats off yeah. to Pedro. He's, he's not a really only underrated player. People don't mention He's an excellent he's, finisher. Yeah, he scores all the time. That second Bloody naughty! He's <laughs> an excellent finisher. And the other thing is, uh, Jimmy, you're absolutely right. Just to expand on that, to not only break into one of the greatest teams of the modern era, but also feel like part of the furniture for so yeah, long. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay, he didn't play an awful lot. Well, he didn't play as much as he played in his breakthrough season. But his breakthrough season, he won something like six trophies. Yeah, and he scored in all six of those competitions, didn't he? Which is a record. Amazing. Shh. Give him his dues. <laughs> Lovely, um, sort of symmetrical, well quaffered haircut as well, yeah. which I like to see, and a little bit of a uh, suspicion of bum fluff on the top lip, despite I think being twenty five. Now, as it, yeah. uh, shame, it's a shame, shame. Mm. Uh, right now, we're going to go to South America, where they've been qualifying away to, and um, it was a fantastic weekend actually in, in, in South America. Argentina beat Uruguay three 0 Uruguay. Um, a little like, bit slow out the Absolutely traps. shit. Yeah, Why are they turned so shit. It's strange, isn't it? They've they've got twelve points um, after eight games. Um, whereas Argentina have got 17 so they're 5 points clear there uh, but Argentina though they are, uh, you know under their new regime um, they look as though that they're playing you know Tevez mm. has been dropped for obvious reasons I don't rate <laughs> it it's no, it's no Diego Maradona regime ah. <laughs> but, but Tevez you know you've got Aguero in there Messi and you know Di Maria coming forward and it seems to suit Messi a bit more yeah he was and a main man against Uruguay wasn't he but, yeah. but, but, and we started to pick up for Argentina isn't he? he's obviously had a lot of criticism in the past for not perhaps performing as well for Argentina as he has done for Barcelona but that's only a buffoon would kind of level that at him now mm. he's really really picked it up but I think the way Barca, uh, sorry Argentina play when they go forward now is, is Messi Messi likes to he links with Aguero well and links you know as I say Di Maria, Di Maria. And, uh, and one thing or another and I think that suits him, the style of play that he plays for his club. Aguero links very well with David Silva sometimes, you know, mm. those that well, tidy are very, passing. very tricky technical type yeah, of players, I, aren't they? And I don't and I know Tevez has done with a kind of a front three like he did at Manchester United, but I just I don't think Tevez was quite doing it for Argentina. I don't really. know if Tevez has got the same finesse as Aguero. I think yeah. Aguero gives you the same kind of hustle and bustle that Tevez brings. Maybe right. slightly less. Less like, bluster. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but Aguero's qualities outweigh Tevez. I, I, certainly, I certainly think of Tevez as more of a sort of, he'll bazooka the ball in rather yeah. than any sort of like delicate sort of yeah. touch. That's probably maybe a bit unfair. But I don't, I don't understand why Uruguay in that game from what I saw were such pushovers. It's almost like Diego Forlan's woken up and thought, oh, fucking hell, I'm old. 
Yeah. I'm old now. Well, they did put a lot of emphasis on it. They won the Copper America. They did, but and I think. I think they won the Copper America when they needed to, if you know what I mean by that. That they had the team. You had your two guys up front, Forlan and, and Suarez. You know, Forlan was was still in that peak of his, which seemed to last a very long time indeed. Yeah. Um, your two boys behind them, the two destroyers in, in in the centre of the park. And I think that they put so much emphasis on the front two. Well, not emphasis, but they were clearly there, the, the, the creative players, and that was the right time to do it. And I don't think they've they've got. I mean, I know Cavani's there. But do they have enough coming through Uruguay? I mean, I, to be honest with you, I haven't. I'm, I'm Let's also be fair to them. They're playing Argentina. Well, they're one of the yeah. best sides in world football. Yeah, yeah true. absolutely right. But I just thought that. But they have had a few poor results in qualifying. Mm. But with that, with Brazil not in that um, group, of course, because they're hosting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's wide open, isn't it, for that reason? Eh? It is. But then, but then, Colombia. Mm. Absolutely, fire on all cylinders. Yeah. I mean, the man, man, Falcao's obviously superb, and he's got both of the goals against um, the Paraguay. He they cannot both, not score both exquisite goals yeah. as well. Just oh, they were absolutely beautiful. Uh, Mourinho referred to him recently as a forbidden fruit. <laughs> I like that. I do as well. Terrifically yeah. gay thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most homoerotic things in football ever has ever been <laughs> <Yeah>. said. Chotoge <laughs> in Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> ah, he's. I think that's sort of like he's almost starting to try and think about whether trying to sign him or not. Well, he oh, said, absolutely. He said something He's been about very cheeky there, isn't yeah. it? Well, flirtatious. Well, actually, and before that, he said something about because um, Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, it's it's um, it's a non-aggressive rivalry. <laughs> is that what he's done? He's done the groundwork, isn't he? <laughs> oh, he is. Yeah, and he's already said to them by saying the forbidden fruit, mm. as well as being outrageously camp. He's also sort of said to the Real Madrid fans almost that you know, I know we shouldn't be doing this, <laughs> and you know we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> it's wrong, but it feels bloody right. <laughs> Radamel Falcao's. Mister has, yeah. has had a party. Jose's turned up with a guitar. Yeah, he has. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's trying to pull Falcao. Yeah, you know the way, the way that I slide right under their noses. The way I slide down that touchline on in my expensive Italian suit. I don't mind getting that forbidden fruit down the front of it. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> but you know as well though, if Mourinho, if he does leave Madrid um, in the end of the season or whenever he will eventually go, maybe he's thinking Falcao. He'll never go to Real Madrid, but he might come. to Come to me the yeah. next, at the next stop. Darn it! <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, Colombia. Um, of course, they've got Jose Peckerman, the Argentinian coach, mm. who is coming, and he's he's done fantastically well with them. I mean, Falcao has always been a good player, but he wasn't quite getting the service. And I know Rodriguez because Peckerman loves a number ten, doesn't he? Yeah. You know, remember he used to mould the team around Raquel May yeah. and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's a guy Rodriguez who plays for Porto. Is that Rodriguez? And uh, He's linking up with Falcao, and mm. so now Falcao's getting opportunities. You know, because I think he was a bit isolated. Before. One, one thing I would say about the sort of qualification process in South America is, from what I can make out, and it's a very, very long, drawn-out process. And Ecuador, for example, doing very well at the moment. They are, if, yeah. if you look at the games they've played and the games they've got coming up, mm. you'd fancy it to even itself out a wee bit. And and also, you know, the away some of the away trips can can throw up some funny results. Away to Bolivia, for example, yes. whereas, whereas Peru. Pretty much at a different team. They have an altitude team yeah. by the looks of it. Well, but the <laughs> games in Bolivia basically mm. knackered players and ridiculous pingers. Just yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. It's just a knackered all the time. A World Cup in Bolivia, methinks. That'd be amazing <laughs> with a shoot ball. The guy who opened the score for Peru, right? <laughs> right. That goal was. He smashed it up. He smashed Phenomenal. the ball. Right, there's no air resistance at all. It's, it's re- flown in the top corner. Still celebrate. He's just gone down his haunches. <laughs> it was 20 minutes in he's absolutely broken he's like a broken man yeah. it looks like he's run a marathon yeah. they should all have like Bane style masks yeah. to play in Bolivia that'd be brilliant that would be amazing wouldn't it 
And this is the altitude team, apparently, as well. So I don't know if he's supposed to be in it or not. The Bolivian equaliser was an absolute beauty as well. Yeah. Mm. Glorious. It's, it's, yeah, it's, so at what point during those games would you not just realise, let's not try and play this at all, just ping it at every opportunity. <laughs> it's like playing it's a long-range shooting. It's, if, 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 if they kicked the ball directly, vertically in the air, it would never come back. <laughs> That's how ridiculous the situation is. Mm. The, circ- the, the environment there... It's not conducive. Now, I know we talked about it in the past when um, there was a sort of like talk of, of limiting how hard you could actually play qualifying games. Mm. You, it, without exa- trying to exaggerate too much, it looks like a different game. Yeah. It, yeah, know, I know it's, it's so strange. The keeper's got no... I feel sorry for the keepers. Yeah. Yeah. It's just pingers every, every, from all over the pitch. And it's hard to dive when you've only got like one functioning lung, effectively. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Ask the Walcott. Can you imagine sort of watching that, um, that qualifier and sort of going, where shall I get my seat? I'll probably go a bit low. I'll probably, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I won't go yeah. raw Z. <laughs> yeah. No more. Please, <laughs> no more. <laughs> yeah, can't get any higher. I felt it in Johannesburg, to be fair. Yeah. That's, uh, that's fairly high up, isn't oh, it? Speaking of that, can you remember in the, the yeah, BBC coverage of the World Cup in South Africa when they talk about the altitude mm. and Robbie Savage genuinely piped up with uh, well I went for a run on the beach this morning and it was fine <laughs> oh, <God. Hey. laughs> do you remember that uh, <laughs> was, he above, uh, was he on a sand dune I, th- I think someone actually, yeah, okay. I think someone actually said yeah beaches do tend to be at sea level <laughs> but one thing I love about watching the South American in the qualifying is that everything in defending is last ditch oh, of course it it's is, all yeah. last ditch what slide tackles labour to play what I was going to say about La Paz is I once celebrated Christmas there there you go. There you go. Uh, I bet you got really tired. Before we move on um, from South America, Ecuador 3, Chile 1. A ridiculous own goal um, got Chile uh, ahead. It was fantastic stuff. Like Lovely volley, r- wasn't it? Close range volley. <laughs> no pressure on him. What about the Peno? I'm moving on to that. The, the own goal. It's her, Juan Carlos uh, Paredes, isn't it? Paredes, yeah. He looked in fear of his life <laughs> when that had gone in. He was absolutely terrified. What about, um, what about the... Potentially because ter- ter- Cas- Casado was on the same picture. Well, I was going to say, yeah. Casado, he looked terrifying, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's an absolute monster. It's the Black Terminator. It was an, it, it was an intriguing one. He, they, won <laughs> a penalty. Yeah. they won an, uh, a penalty to Ecuador, and he put the ball down on the spot... And I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Well, what happened yeah. was the the spot was it was almost like a little ditch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like they, a they've stamped yeah, they've the stamped the penalty spot too hard, so it sunk about an inch below the rest of the pitch. Okay. So he Caicedo refused to have the ball on the spot because it's just going to ping over. Like yeah. it would be like a golf shot. Yeah, it'd be, <laughs> yeah. Like but it was will, in a little bunker. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it was in Ecuador's stadium. Mm. Oh no, no, so, yeah, yeah, I understand that. There's yeah. no conspiracy there, but the referee wouldn't let him do that, and there was a bit of an argument. So he then took the penalty the keeper saved it but he scored the rebound and then turned around and just went mental at the referee oh, the referee I was frightened yeah I was the referee, he was on a booking when he did that the referee looked like Uncle Fester as well <laughs> always encouraged but uh, <laughs> uh, Argentina are, are, are top there with, with Colombia in second uh, with Ecuador so um, all to play for mm. yeah. South America uh, right then we are going to go to English football let's come home mm. shall we no Okay, it's boring. Yeah. <laughs> so cold. Can we do African Cup of Nations? Come on. All right, okay. Um, well, I was going to gloss over that. Some horrible scenes uh, in Africa. Senegal were, were getting beaten 2 0 by Ivory Coast. Drogba scored two. And then some awful riots broke. Obviously, they didn't get to. I was more, I was more talking about um, Cape Verde. Cape Verde. Cape Verde knocking out Cameroon. Going there. I like time. to think that it was because I played beach soccer with a lot of kids on the beach. 
you know, when I was on holiday in yes. Cape Verde. Have you been to Cape Verde? I've been to Cape Verde. Right. It's a tiny, tiny place, you know. Are you saying that influences? I'm just saying that, you know, community. Mr. Donaldson, he teaches well, some football, of the, we now qualify Some of the passing you know, that was going on on show. That was thought. the wind talking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they thought Mr. Donaldson sowed the seeds and now <laughs> exactly. we have a big exactly. football tree. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Thank you, we says play, the wind as I stepped we, onto the plane. We play the, the Mr. <laughs> Donaldson way. Yeah. <laughs> as you stepped on the plane and heard the wind, hush, thank you to you. you yeah. At the time you thought, I wonder what that's for. Mm. Now you know. Sexy football. In yeah. Cape Verde with Pete Donaldson. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, well, well done to them. So uh, oh, we've got African Cup of Nations coming soon. Cape Verde going to get pumped so soon after the last one. Mm. Yeah, and uh, that means we get to see Harvard and Ard again. Yeah, yes. Smiles all round, ladies. <laughs> now uh, and some men and some myself men. included. Yes, very much included. Um, let's go to. Let's come back home to England, um, <laughs> where Owen Coyle has lost his job at mm. Bolton. He's no longer in charge, but uh, Ivan Campo has thrown his hat into the ring for, for the job. He, uh, we know this because on Twitter he posted, after to know what it's happening in the Bolton family, in block capitals, uh, I want to say that of course I would like to help the club. I love very special moments in my life. <laughs> Big, <laughs> Big Sam, Sam, Nolan, again in capital. Davo, JJ Kocha, UC, Djorkev, Hierro, and all fans of Bolton, my family. <laughs> only I need to receive. Only I need receive a call of Phil Gartside, and I will go to Bolton immediately to help the club with my experience. <laughs> it's like a kid writing on Fortran. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, this is where he's obviously calmed down a bit now. Okay, I would try to speak with Phil Gartside, <laughs> and after meeting the fans, we'll know if I will go again to Bolton or not. <laughs> What an incredible dynamic! It's almost like he started the tweet talking about his chance of going to Bolton, then by the end of it, convinced himself that he may not better do it. So just, just signed off. Looked, Don't bother replying. He looked at the previous yeah. tweets and got, "I'll yeah. talk myself out." Of this yeah. I love football thrown Ivan Campo and the wonderful <laughs> town of Bolton together. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, I think uh, talking of people dusting off their boots, get Campo back, yeah. sitting him in front of the defence. Yeah. <laughs> Dear, oh dear. Well, um, we knew Bolton were doomed when, um, as someone said to me, they lost, I think, 4-0 to Portsmouth in a pre-season friendly, <laughs> and the Portsmouth team apparently literally met in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> Just go and enjoy it today, boys. Yeah, <laughs> we have, we won 4-0. <laughs> They're a division above us, I didn't think. 4-4-2, yeah. the channels. Who was it, Andy, was it Andy Cole who said that um, Aaron Coyle was um, as good as Alex Ferguson something like that wow. when, uh, we know, uh, we it's know the kind it, of thing Andy Cole would say you know when Aaron Cole was really riding the crest of a wave at Burnley he was doing really well yeah, yeah. it was around that sort of time <laughs> cool. it's Andy Cole's birthday today as well it's Sean Lamy Obi's birthday at the weekend 31 thank you very much wow. that's mental Ooh. 31 31 Tommy Amy Obi's playing in Iceland Yes, that was ages ago. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, he's still there. Mm. So right. it's actually still present. <laughs> um, and Eddie Howe's returned to Bournemouth. Yeah, that's a funny one. And Eddie Howe's a good manager, you know. Good record. Coyle might go to Burnley. Well, he could go back there, yeah. Seems unlikely, though, it, it? does. It does. After he sticks them. Yeah, they, they, they weren't happy. For the sake of uh, that ra sentence. ramble symmetry, <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah, it would be. But um, yeah, Eddie Howe got Bournemouth promoted to League One in 2010. Decent enough record at. Um, all over the place really and Bournemouth have got a bit of wedge as well now so mm, I, I'd like to see Eddie Howe do well predominantly for the reason that his, his career was cut quite short through injury uh, he's still only what is he 34 now something like that in the shade crazy isn't it in the shade and so, right yeah. we're back with Pete's game after this good news ramblers we have a betting partner and our betting partner William Hill are offering to match any sporting bet from £10 to £25 when you a listener to the football ramble open a new William Hill sports account 
Go to thefootballramble.com slash William Hill to find out more and claim your free bet now. Um, I was going to go with um, a suggestion uh, by uh, an equally inebriated man uh, on Saturday night that I met called uh, Mark Wargan. He wanted um, <laughs> Cole Edmundo's Tevez ablets. Noel Edmonds telly addicts, right? <laughs> right. I thought it was a brilliant no, idea at the time. That. Reading that in the call, call like the call light of day. I'm surprised yeah. you even knew what it was in the call light. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I, I thought I'd written that myself. That's you know, a, that written. game sounds brilliant. No, we're having the Sveneration game. Oh, oh. I'm happy. <laughs> 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 well, I tell you who's doing the scores, Big Soul. Yeah. What's in the scores? No, no, one of Sven's women. Yeah. Not all his women. Soul Firearm. Good. <laughs> Go on. Right, uh, your first clue, uh, gentlemen. Uh, I was born uh, on the 28th of June, 1969, in Clerkstorp. Stop. Uh, two years after the summer, like, oh, no, wrong bit. Yeah, stop. Yeah. Is it the rise for sale? No. It's the Federation game. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, 1969. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> in 1996, I won the African Cup of Nations. Oh, big a big clue early on. That is an enormous Stop. one. George Weah. No, she thought of an African man. <laughs> well, I, <did> <laughs> well, you I thought that of an African man. Stop. I know it's probably not him because we've already had him. Is it JJ Kotcher? No, no. That doesn't stop <laughs> it. That doesn't stop it. Apparently not. Oh come on now. Stop. Is it Rigger Bear's song? No, it's not Rigger Bear's song, but great to hear his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, I... Oh, yeah, 1969, he was much before that. <laughs> yeah. According to my website, so, you know, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek, uh, 28... Uh, pinch of salt, rather. 28 games in the Premier League, five valuable goals. <laughs> Editorialising. Uh, oh. <clears throat> no. Five valuable goals. <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree. Yeah. <clears throat> 58 games for my national team, 18 goals. Stop. Is it Benny McCarthy? No, it's not. Not a bad Good guess. guess. I'm desperately trying to think who won the African Cup of Nations in 96. I took my national team to its first World Cup. With a goal. <laughs> oh. So, okay, so it's got to be someone like... Are you showing you working out, Lukey? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm thinking of Senegal then. That's the, that's the road I'm going down at the moment. Might be the wrong road, but, well, this, let's but the internal sat nav's <laughs> told me it, so I'm going to go with it. Let's let's hear the next clue, shall we? In 1996, I won the African Cup of Nations for Bafana Bafana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I said, McCarthy. <laughs> I'm not that old woman who oh. followed the sat nav to France by accident. <laughs> okay, stop. Is it Mark Fish? No, good guess though. Again, that's... great to hear his name. Though. Yeah, on the right lines though. Yeah, I, he is. You're I, right, you are on the right lines. I stop. used Mark Swordfish. <laughs> <laughs> I used to own petrol stations and <laughs> boutiques. That's not going to help us. No, it's not. <laughs> Why is this come now? But in 2011, penniless, I sold all my worldly possessions in a giant garage sale. Oh, God. <laughs> Pete, why did you want to pick such tragic ones? Yeah. There's a few I haven't picked for that very reason. <laughs> my nickname was Chipper. Come on now, even I know this one. It's, it's your game! It's yeah, yeah, but I knew it before. It's a score of 98. Yeah, I'm, I'm this desperate. Um, I'm letting yeah, you into right. what I'm thinking. I can't think. <laughs> no, I don't. One final clue, gentlemen. Yeah, I played for Leeds and Barry. Stop! Oh, oh, Lucas Rodman. I had that. God. Sorry. No, Lucas Rodman. No. He said that, not me. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah, massively. It's been, it's been a while. Massively. Oh dear. Been stumped. Oh, it was. He joined at the same time as Rodman, didn't he? He joined Leeds with him. 
Just tell us who I it can't is. remember the guy's name. It's uh, Phil Masinga. Ah! Phil Masinga. Phil your own. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> There's some incredible stories on the uh, South African newspaper that was talking about his um, talking about his uh, his life and how he, his sort of. <laughs> but you gutted you weren't drunk in poverty. the air at the time, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. We've got a profile to do, mm. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wait! Uh, I confirm we've scored a beauty at the weekend. Come oh. on. <laughs> Uh, it's Always profile time, ladies and gentlemen, damn it all, and we've got Andre Kanchelskis. Hey! Mm, lovely, one of my favourite players when I was growing up. Really? Mm. Oh, oh, you, you're going to love this then, because uh, he was born on the 23rd of January 1969. Yeah, just about 18 months after the summer of love. Yeah, it's an easy one, isn't mm. it? In Ukraine, wasn't he? Yeah. he was I was, I was, th- I was thinking this earlier, have we ever had a player that was born actually in the summer of love? I don't think know, of one if we have. I don't think I've ever said, "Oh, born the summer of love." That'd be amazing. Yeah, oh, I'll get to. There must be yeah. surely. Yeah, make a note of that for next time. Yeah, well Maybe everyone was just too busy loving. Yeah, there's no one was born. No. Yeah. 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 Too, too many things going in, not enough things coming out. <laughs> yeah. In 1968, there's loads. Yeah, early, early 1968. <laughs> yeah. Um, come on, you Reds! Come on, you Reds! Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, he was he was born in uh, Ukraine or the Soviet Union back then. As it was widely known, um, one of the first real foreign stars of the Premiership mm. in that Premier League, an exhilarating player. Oh, always, had, always had the football at the end of his tour. He did. Yeah. He was always just oh, like a gazelle, lovely, rapid. Um, he began his footballing career in the late eighties with Dynamo Kiev. Just mm. in case you were doubting the whole Ukrainian link, <laughs> uh, he was there for two years and then moved to Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, no doubters anymore. Mm. Um, famously going to Manchester United uh, for around £650,000 uh, Real age of brilliant time by Ferguson what mm. a gem on earth yeah. it reminds me of a time when, when there was basically very little foreign players in the Premier League yeah. I mean when the Premier League started there was only a handful wasn't there well there's that stat isn't there that um, was it his second or first full season at Manchester United where he was like one of 13 foreigners who started the first day of the season or oh, the Premier League <laughs> yeah something like that yeah, okay. times have changed Schmeichel um, he was definitely one of them yeah but uh, Kanchelskis would bring pace flair and craft to Manchester United and hair <laughs> yeah he had a, a stable hair a reasonable Look, barnet yeah. let's call it what it was <laughs> I had lovely eyes yeah, yeah. Doe eyes, doe eyes. Yeah. yeah, big smile. <clears throat> in his first full season at the club, they narrowly lost out to Leeds for the title, but they did win the uh, the League Cup. So, Andre got his hands on his first piece of silverware in England. The following season would be even better. United ended their 26 year wait for the league, and Conchelsea's played his part. Him and Lee Sharp were vying for the right wing. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get Lee Sharp in there. Yeah. Because um, it's the only way he's getting in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only way he's getting a mention. Um, uh, it's true it's, it's interesting you say Jim he's one of your favourite players how many neutrals loved Andre Kanchelskis yeah. and f- for a Manchester United team that people hated as yeah well. that's I mean, right as said many times it's easy to forget how much they were hated because they were, they were the big dog they were the only one you know mm-hmm. where there's multiple options now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's hard to keep up these days yeah. <laughs> he'd play against you and you'd only get one chance to intercept and then he'd be off he'd yeah. be off up that line wonderful yeah. well when he when he got the ball and had space to run into it that, 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 that glorious moment when the winger gets the ball and you think oh the full back's off him a bit yeah. <laughs> you know the excitement that the, the crowd would have with, with his baggy sleeves yeah, and off yeah. he'd go <laughs> and it really was a case of off he go yeah. you know? uh, suddenly lots more space would open up yeah. Yeah. It was just so rapid I mean he, he could put the ball in the box he could whip in a delivery because he was he was very one footed 
until he decided to shoot. And mm. he was really good with his other foot as well. Yeah, because yeah. it was all on the and right foot. not quite one footed. Yeah, well, exactly. Oh, he'd dribble with his right, and it would almost be like he was charging up his left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think, yeah. <laughs> like a clockwork radio. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to shine. The more, the more, touches, the more touches with his right yeah. gets him to charge up and use a power strike with his left. Yeah. <laughs> but especially, like, if you look at the goals he scored for Everton, loads on the left. Not yet. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm doing what <laughs> That's you do. That's my job, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah, as I say, imagine being a full-back and you'd be like, who's, who's playing today? Is it Sharp or Kinchelskis? Well, either was decent. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> I mean, he, he Depends could... Depends when. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, he could come inside, and he did that a lot more than what I remembered, actually, because um, I always used to think of him beating the full-back and getting a cross in. Yeah. Um, because because he, was all, he always dribbled with his right foot mm. the, the ball never touched the left When dribbling Until unleashing the curl It's just a trigger corner. It's just a trigger <laughs> yeah. um, There was uh, that goal against Oldham Typified that Where he would just sort of get the ball And just have a wander mm. And there he goes inside And then sort of cuts back And goes it's time to score now mm. um, Absolutely fantastic So uh, oh, and been, While he was um, doing stuff for Manchester United He'd been playing international football For a couple of years and had been in the Soviet Union team, but he didn't go to Italian 90. And then when the Soviet Union disbanded, he played for the CIS at Euro 92. I yeah. love that. It excites me terrifically. <laughs> it was like, and, and their theme, their anthem was like um, Beethoven's Fifth. Or something. That's right. It was like, <laughs> they yeah. cut the Commonwealth of Independence. Like, still going, just haven't got sports teams. Yeah. Still got, you've still got yeah. a mutually beneficial relationship with a group of nations. Yeah. Yeah. And their flag is just CIF. It's not like a, they didn't even bother thinking of a flag for the, um, <laughs> the actual... I think the new flag's a little bit more sort of elaborate now. I think, yeah. But I think for, those, for the notes for of the sports, it was just CIS, yeah. I like it's still going. Mm. Oh yeah, he's still going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A 93-94 season uh, will always be a big one in the history. Now of you're talking. <laughs> will always be a big one in the history of Manchester United. They retained the league crown and completed um, the, uh, a league and cup double. What about, what about the five 0 against City? Well, indeed. Um, <laughs> now he was a real favourite with the, the Old Trafford faithful at the time. Ken Chelsea's by then, and he'd made that right wing position his own. And he was in the midfield with Giggs on the left, Inson Keane in the middle, and, and himself out wide. On the right Yeah I remember he scored He got a hat-trick Against City at the Old, uh, Old Trafford Didn't he Oh no that was 94-95 I think Oh was it Okay yeah. right Definitely in 94 though Yeah Okay well you'll come on to that in a Well minute. he missed World Cup 94 I think with injury uh, which That's strange Because I always thought That would be in the same season That 5-0 and the title Maybe I'm, I can't be in Well yeah um, He did play Sorry just keeping on The international team He did play at Euro 96 Was deployed as a deep line Midfielder And I think even as a, Even as a fullback, I think he played No wonder <laughs> they went out Um <laughs> Uh, but oh, yeah, up front. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ninety four, ninety five season. Um, he was one of Manchester United's um, uh, top scorers that season with fifteen goals. But it was his last season at the club. Um, ru- a lot of rumours why he left. The talk of bribes from Ferguson being offered a bribe and one thing and another. But I think the most credible one is that he had a big bust up with Ferguson, mm. and the big Scotsman doesn't take that. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because Ferguson has said before that. Yap Stam is the only player he thinks he let go too early, and obviously Kanchelskis leaving did pave the way for David Breckham to break through. Yeah, but you think I mean he really did so well at Everton. You wonder he you know, left at twenty six years old. He did. He did well in his first season at Everton, then he moved to Fiorentina, didn't he? Mm. He did well before but that. I think Everton needed the money, didn't they? Yeah, that's oh, probably true. Yeah, before that we've got to say that the <laughs> love how much ever changed is ever that the lovely volley against Nottingham Forest. Yeah, and the hat trick against Manchester City. Well, I mean him and um, I, 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 to be honest, to be perfectly frank, I can't remember what season that was. I thought it was nineteen. 94. Yeah. If you're saying it's the season after, 
happy to believe it him, <laughs> him and Cantona pulled them to pieces <laughs> absolute pieces the first goal Cantona got might have even been Kieczewski set it up but I think Erwin was playing right back that day mm. and he might have crossed it in from deep and Cantona finished it and then it was just a Kieczewski shot after that and big Marky Hughes got the other I remember a typical <laughs> brutal yeah. striker's goal where he sort of bludgeoned the defender onto the floor <laughs> the keeper literally just yeah. belted it in the bottom but in those days like, Manchester United would just Massively overpower teams now. Yeah. I know you could say there's an element of that still today, but not in the sa- if you watch the videos, it's so mm. much more evident yeah. back then. But Kenchelskis, the amount of times he would go through on goal or be, you know, especially when playing for Everton, I, part of me thinks he just didn't track back, and there probably was an element of that. But then a part of me thinks, and the other part of me thinks he was so quick that he would just, I mean, lightning fast. The amount of times that he would chase down the ball, sixty forty in the defenders. Favour and he would nip in behind and finish. Mm. He's rapid, great finisher as well. He's so fast he'd make otherwise reasonably pacey defenders look slow. Just look yeah. like they were standing still. What I really liked about Kanchelski is again we, we talked about this in the pre, in the profile um, from last week. He just loved playing the game, mm. often with a smile on his face, and loved scoring goals and and all the rest of it. You know, which is always. Uh, Refreshing to look back on. I seem to remember he once scored a header as well, which is rare for a winger. He's, he scored a few headers. I, I remember he scored a header for Everton against. I want to say Southampton. They had red and white stripes, but it might not have been them. I th- he might have done, but he scored one at Anfield. Did he really? Okay, yeah. yeah. He scored a double at Anfield. Yeah, okay. Um, and they won two one, which is always going to please the Everton fans. <laughs> Isn't yeah. there some stat that he scored in the Manchester derby, the Merseyside derby, and the Glasgow derby? Yeah, that's true. No one else has done that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Twitter will tell us when the show comes out. <laughs> and he looked a bit like Dimitri Karin. Yeah, he did. Bit, yeah. He did, yeah. yeah. Put a pair of tracksuit bottoms on him. I'd like to see you pick him out of a lineup, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Well, he moved to Everton um, for £5 million. He's, as I say, still only 26 years old. Um, still. Sorry? Still. Mm. Well, no, sorry. At the age of 26, he moved to Everton. I should have said. Uh, he helped them to a, a sixth place finish, uh, which was their best for nearly 10 years. And it, it, as you said, Luke, his first season, he was fantastic for them. R- really was. I think that like one or two Evertonians have said that, it, you know, it, their best players of the 90s, they, he'd be up there. Oh, yeah. Which is strange because he had one really good season. The next mm. season wasn't too great. But at the start of that great season, they, when they played Manchester United, Lee Sharp, of all people, upended him. And uh, Chelsea was um, done his uh, shoulder in, wasn't it? So it was a bit of an injury So Lee Sharp yeah. Little hatchet mm. Mm. Too late yeah. <laughs> Should have done it In Man United training sure. yeah. um, I don't think Lee Sharp trained to be honest. Yeah. Otherwise he would have done He was at his barbecues <laughs> Yeah Scored a hat-trick Against Sheffield Wednesday Yeah And and finished as Everton's Top scorer that year So there you go The second season It was a bit of a shame Because he, he massively Dipped in form And he was sold to Fiorentina For 8 million um, I, I don't really know too much about his time there. I, don't I think thought it was seven well. he went, but I mean, oh wait, they've sold on for a profit pretty quickly. Yeah, it's not too bad. Decent money then as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they'd have just shown him videos of the first season. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy you want. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he was there a couple of years and then signed for Glasgow Rangers and and, and was at the Ibrox for four years where he won a couple of leagues. He also did the best bit of showboating I think I've ever seen anyone do. Yeah, a couple, couple of league cups. <laughs> yeah, he's also done the worst. Couple of league <laughs> cups and three Scottish cups. <laughs> And the spin, <laughs> and he did a sort of weird spinny thing. But he did that other. The good one is when he against stood on Air the United. Ball. He stood on the ball and saluted against Air United. Though, come still, on, <laughs> still it's impressive. It doesn't matter who you play. Disrespectful. It was a bit naughty, actually, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think Rangers won seven nil that day. Wasn't did they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always it was nil nil. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the spinny one was a bit weird, wasn't it? He, 
he ran up to the, the fullback. It's totally unnecessary. Yeah, but then the fullback wasn't fooled at all and he failed to get his cross in, so he did look a bit... <laughs> he did score a beautiful volley away at, Dun- at Dunfermline. Um, when the ball came I'm going to say Van Basten-esque <laughs> yeah, fair enough it's his time now yeah. the profile's his time it, seriously though it was, it was a class Van Schalskis-esque <laughs> uh, oddly whilst at Rangers he went on loan to Manchester City for, yeah. for a handful mm. of games mm. very strange and then uh, became a bit of a journeyman went to Southampton for, for a match or two and then Saudi Arabia and finished um, up in, in the Russian league he did amass over uh, 50 international caps for three different teams Soviet mm. Union CIS and Russia I quite like saying that a man had three international teams. Careers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and since playing, he went into management um, with a few lower league Russian sides. But uh, an early Premier League great and a thoroughly enjoyable player to watch. You wowed many a British crowd. He's got a bit. Of a, he's a bit of a fat lad now, and he's got a, a slick Rick haircut. Lovely. And uh, I saw an interview with him uh, a while back when he said that he maintains that it, whenever if Manchester United ever visit. Uh, his part of the world and on the Champions League whatever uh, apparently Ferguson always uh, looks him up I, don't know, I think they've buried the hatchet I think in Moscow yeah. in the final Chelsea made oh was it that, is that what it was yeah. Him, yeah. Oh, ok there you go so that's nice to see and in he comes Andrek and Chelsea one of the Premier goal. League stars <laughs> seriously that was players like that that made the Premier League rightly or wrongly what it is now that sort of yeah, glamour and stuff you know. yeah totes man totes uh, that's the end of the show ladies and gentlemen if you want to get in touch the email address is show at footballramble.com the twitter is at footballramble and the website is thefootballramble.com. Yeah, a little quite funny update actually on the, on the website. Uh, Keith Bailey uh, wrote a piece about um, a Northern, Northern Irish team who've come up through, were promoted last season and now doing very well in the league. And uh, the, uh, the chairman of said team apparently uh, looked him up and said, oh, uh, or saw him and said, oh, yeah, I, thought, I really enjoyed your piece. Alas, thanks very much for writing it. Um, I read it on the football walkabout. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> actually said that. Wow. Yeah, that's where we would do like a live show, a walkabout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. My favourite Northern Irish team, a chimney corner. There you go. Great name. But uh, yeah, oh, and, uh, may I just plug your little uh, ramble meets with Matt Murray? Yeah. Yes, fantastic. Oh. That, that, uh, nice house. Mm. Very, Very that, nice. That's, house. That was but just his games room. Chimney <laughs> cricket. But yeah. really intriguing um, to get into the mindset of a professional goalkeeper. Some of his pre-match it rituals. Is, it is the most emotional uh, piece of work that Luke has ever done. I think. Luke has ever been involved in yeah. yeah I wasn't even there I just photoshopped in afterwards <laughs> but no yeah it's a really good interview because um, Matt's a very interesting guy yeah. so w- Wolves legend ex-pro had to retire very young so it gives you a little bit of the other side of you know everyone thinks footballers are millionaires blah 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 he, he's had to adjust his life very quickly at a very young age it's, it's a story worth uh, listening to so yeah thefootballramble.com forward slash videos you'll see it on there forward slash videos alright that's it from us say goodbye Jim goodbye say goodbye Pete goodbye everyone say goodbye, Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me, you beauty beaut beauts. <laughs> Where did wow. that come from? Wow, you dug that one out, didn't you? Well, I was going to go. Wind on. him up, Pete, and let him go. <laughs> I want to to induct um, (laughs) British inventor Sir James Dyson (laughs) Matt Dyson (laughs) What do you think Pete? You're interested yeah? The sneaker pimps They're from your They're from Hartlepool I used to quite like them Six underground Was that them? Yes it was yeah Yeah Yeah, it was They're very very 90s 
Yeah. I liked them at the time. Sort of like really White Town. Com- commercial trip hop. Yeah, it was. Yeah, when, <laughs> when, when sort of Massive Attack became big, so everyone was like, oh, get on the bandwagon. Um, I used to listen to that record quite a lot with a girl I was seeing at uni. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 